Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screen Heroes, your movie and TV podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. I am your regular host, Derek, and I have my two lovely co-hosts with me, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. So, How's it going, guys? How are you? Oh, good. Thanks for asking. How are you? Good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, so this week we are celebrating 25 years of Batman Forever, which is the Val Kilmer Batman film with Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face and Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Nicole Kidman is in it and Chris O'Donnell, among others. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing in the main section of our topic this week. Before we get started on that, though, of course, we have our news segment. Um Lots of news to talk about. I guess we can just get the uh, the Emmys out of the way quickly. The Emmy nominees dropped today. Um, the Academy Awards are nominated for an Emmy, which is hilarious to me. But are there any Emmy nominations you guys found particularly of interest? I mean, not of interest, but one of my favorite shows, What We Do in the Shadows, got nominated for eight. And three of those are outstanding writing in a comedy series, so... If you weren't listening to me about how great that show is, I mean, that right there should uh, give you some confidence. You absolutely should listen to him about that. Uh, also, considering how uh, geek culture is usually looked down upon by said shows, Watchmen <laughs> uh, came out with 27 nominations and uh, Mandalorian has 15 so that one surprised me quite a bit in what way do you think it deserved more or fewer i just didn't expect it to really be recognized at all i mean i i mean maybe i'm more i don't really follow the emmys as much but uh you know on the oscar side nerd stuff like rachel said just doesn't really get recognized so the fact that it's been nominated for so many things it reminds me of the old like lord of the rings days when things you know the only things that have ever been nominated that are nerd related so well, I mean, Watchmen is graphic novel, comic book adaptation Watchmen stuff. Watchmen is, but Watchmen is a lot more serious, uh, like real world kind of uh, satire type stuff rather than just like straight up comic book, you know, fantasy yeah. stuff. And Mandalorian is much more like fantasy sci-fi. 
That's certainly fair. Um, I am happy to, to see that Star Trek was nominated for a few Emmys as well. Picard with five short treks mm-hmm. got nominated for best short form comedy or drama. So that's, that's really cool. I'm excited about, about that. The good place was nominated for several awards as well, including multiple actors. Um, good place if you have not watched it you should it's only four seasons that's the whole thing so not a huge time commitment but definitely yeah and each season's like 13 15 episodes something like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anything else on the emmys that you guys want to note uh no i mean everything else is pretty standard a lot of really good shows were nominated killing eve handmaid's tale like uh better call saul not surprising they get nominated every year but uh we you know, we talked about the surprising things. Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, we did get our first look at a new Jurassic product or project or what have you. Uh, Camp Cretaceous, which is part of the Jurassic World franchise, is an animated series coming to Netflix in a month and a half. It's coming real soon. Um, I watched the trailer. Ray, you watched the trailer. Ryan, did you happen to watch the, the teaser for it? You guys know I'm not a big Jurassic Park fan, so outside of the original movie so no i haven't uh, watched it i saw it on there and ignored it i'm glad you made that clarification yeah. um, <laughs> um so i mean I, it looks cool but i don't understand when it takes place um it's on I, uh isla nublar isla isla nublar I, is, is it isla yes isla okay um and it's like a kid's camp or whatever and there's i mean the indominus rex appears to be there the t-rex is there so i'm not entirely sure where this takes place in the jurassic timeline but it looks cute it does um they mess with a lot of dangerous dinosaurs and i know because it's animated and featuring kids none of them bitches are gonna die which is a huge reason why i watch jurassic park stuff like i just want to see humans get killed for fucking with nature like that's all what they deserve right like not trying to be evil or anything but sometimes we just want to see people get their comeuppance Mm -hmm. right yeah but i think you're right i don't think we're gonna see any any of the at least none of the kids are gonna get eaten maybe some adults will get eaten like off screen or something like that and you'll just see like a walkie-talkie in the the five films you know uh, a child has never died and it took them four films before a woman had been killed by a dinosaur. And it was the most brutal murder I've ever seen. That thing was, you know, killing a dead assistant over and over again. Beating a dead assistant. Now, I mean, they don't kill any kids in the first movie, but Timmy has it pretty rough. Yeah, he gets electrocuted and falls from a tree and like barfs on himself. Poor guy. Yeah, he has a bad day. But still doesn't die. But he still doesn't die. That's true. Fair enough. So moving on then, we have the continuing rumor report mill that Haley Steinfeld is going to play Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye Disney Plus series. Um, It's still not like really confirmed it's lots of like well this seems to confirm and this Uh, alludes to and and things like that uh what do you guys think first off do do you want her in that role and do you think that these reports are um you know worth considering i browse the articles when you send them and if they say uh you know if there's any hint that it's not really reported then i'm like well 
All right, I'm good. But I don't think I really know her from anything. Do I? I mean, I know she pl- she voiced somebody into the Spider-Verse, right? Yeah, but, she voiced Spider-Gwen. Which was fine, but I mean, I don't think as a live action, I know her from anything. So she's the lead in the Bumblebee movie? Never saw it. Oh, it's really good. You should see yeah. it. If you like the old Transformers, I think you'll like Bumblebee. 80s stuff, yeah. But assuming I haven't seen that. That's what I know her from. Okay. So, so. yeah, I don't really know her from anything then. The girl's been in a ton of movies and she's a recording artist. I believe she did a song for Into the Spider-Verse 2. So, um, you know, she's she's very talented and I think she'd be really good for the role. So I am looking forward to that. I hope that's true. If it's not, it's not. And, you know, there's tons of talented 20-something-year-old white actresses that that is that's true um i don't know i i just liked her in bumblebee i thought she held considering that she's like the the lead human character in that movie i thought she did a really good job carrying the film oh she was fantastic i would i would love to see a bumblebee 2 again with her in the lead or something like that so um if she gets this role certainly doesn't uh make me want to see it any less so um, what else we got? What other news would you guys like to cover? Because there is quite a bit, and I want to give you guys an opportunity to throw stuff out there. Uh, there was some Snyder stuff that came out last week. There was, uh, I think, him saying that he's not taking any money for it for doing the Snyder Cut. And then there was uh, Ray Fisher said that uh, his stuff against Joss Whedon is far from over. And basically, come at me, bro, if you think I'm slandering you. That was pretty intense. We got the Black Suit Superman clip, which was just a recycled clip we had already seen, but now with CG Black Suit. I mean, if you guys want to talk about any of that. Yeah, let's do it. The The reshoots are or not the reshoots, but the completion of Zack Snyder's Justice League cut uh, is supposed to be somewhere over $30 million, but none of that is actually his salary. He is not taking a salary, which is, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure he, as a producer and things like that on multiple DC projects has, has been paid well over the last, you know, decade. Um, but it is cool to see that this is really a passion project for him more than anything else. He really just wants to see it through. He did say that there will be zero Joss Whedon footage in his version of the film. Um, probably say said it in the most aggressive way possible. Oh, yeah. He was dunking right on him. <laughs> uh, he, he straight up said that he would rather set his film on fire than use any of Whedon's material. And look, don't get aggressive. Me, it is, yeah, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with his approach, but that's a pretty aggressive stance to take publicly. It is. Although, what's what's Joss, Joss Whedon going to do to him? I mean, it's not like the dude's getting much work these days. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously the DC people are not happy with him. If the Ray Fisher stuff um, ever comes to light, we'll learn a lot more about why that is. But what's Snyder got to lose? He's not getting paid but he's been given the green light to do this and Whedon's been taken back out of it. So it's crazy that there's still going to be a four hour or whatever, or whatever they're talking about movie, but they're not using any of Joss Whedon's footage in that. I mean, they must've shot so much stuff with Snyder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the way I understood it, 
almost everything had been shot when Snyder stepped away. And, you know, there's a lot of obvious post-production required for these films. Um, and the black suit Superman thing is kind of interesting because the plan the entire time was that they, they designed and shot the Superman suit in a way so they could change it to the black suit in post yeah, in, in post because the Warner brothers executives didn't like the idea of the black suit, um, which was probably a bunch of people who don't know what the black suit Superman is, but that's an assumption on my part. Um, I do think it's pretty clever though, that they specifically designed those scenes and the suit in a way so they can manipulate it later to what they wanted it to be. <laughs> uh, Cause here we are in 2020 and Hey, look what comes in handy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I personally thought it looked cool, but I, I don't want to see a black suit Superman without a mullet. <laughs> I think that was wishful thinking. No, come on come on now we're being comic book accurate this is Zack snyder i mean like if anyone's gonna look good in a mullet it's henry cavill right i mean golly if it can be done trying to make him look worse for once and it's probably not even gonna work he's gonna look better and it's not he's gonna bring the mullet back it's not really a mullet his hair is just long all around let's be fair it was the 90s man it was a mullet (laughs) his hair just naturally grew all white trashy that's the Kryptonian blood would you find that version of Henry Cavill more or less attractive I haven't found a version of Henry Cavill that I don't find attractive Son of a bitch. so they are he's willing to try everything and I'm I'm gonna give him a chance Usually I'm not the mullet type. It's very Jeff Foxworthy, but you know, go. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For it, dude. You do your thing. Fair enough. Rachel still wants to ride that train. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that man could break me. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Things are taking it's a turn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know we've we've kind of stepped back from the family friendly over the years, but there's still a line, people. I do want to say that in chat, I have backups agreeing that that it was a mullet, hero in the front, party in the back. <laughs> that was a quote from chat. I stole that. That's Thank what you. happens That's when you know you die and get resurrected. You if you're Kryptonian, yeah. it grows in all white, trashy, all naturally. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't have like a trash trash too when he came out. That beer can. Um, in, in other news from that standpoint, there are some talks that the title of the film is going to have to change due to some legal reasons. They don't go into a ton of detail, but Zack Snyder's Justice League may not be the actual title of what we get when it's all said and done. Um, does that mean it's just going to be Justice League director's cut or if is it, is it going to be something totally different? Maybe, you know, Justice League versus Steppenwolf or something. I don't know. Maybe but... fuck you, Justice League. <laughs> Uh... Wah, wah. <laughs> um, 
In other DC news, we got our first look at DC's first interactive like multimedia thing, which is Death in the Family. It's a, a Batman animated interactive film that is coming out. Uh, I mean, the animation looks super cool, so I'm definitely on board with it. I haven't watched any of these interactive pieces. Uh, I know Netflix has done has done that. I have not watched any of them. But what do you guys think? Interactive Batman. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer, but I can tell you that if there's a choice to kill Robin, then everybody is going to take that. So that doesn't even seem like a place you want to give a choice because it's gonna. We all know what everybody's going to do. I I was going to save him. No, you weren't. Come on. No, I, it's I, actually... Be true to yourself, Derek. Right. It's actually pretty clever because all it is is just recut uh, under the Red Hood footage, which is widely considered one of the best DC animated movies. And this is just re releasing it. So I think that uh, it's it's pretty smart. It's pretty smart move to just repackage your art like that. And it's considered a short film, so um, you know it's not going to be a, a feature-length piece. But I'm interested. It's the first interactive feature that I really actually want to sit down and go through. So, I mean, if it's under the Red Hood and it's interactive and you save Robin, does that mean the movie's over? They just walk off into the <laughs> yeah. sunset with it's a like sad a Hulk seven-minute movie? <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll have to watch it to find out. All right. You're going to have to save Robin to find out, right? I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'll let you do that since you're such a goody two-shoes, apparently. A goody two-shoes because I don't want to kill the boy yeah, wonder. Exactly. Okay. All right. You're I not the one killing is. him, okay? Joker's I mean, killing him. I mean, I'm making the decision. Yeah. So, so this Which is very... was originally made by all the comic book people that voted way back in the day. I'm just saying this is very Batman Begins. You know, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Same thing. Yeah. Perfect. I'll Same thing. Um... So a while back, we reported that AMC Theaters was basically ending their relationship with Universal because Universal has consistently pushed for the theater to VOD, uh, video on demand window, to be shorter and shorter. The idea that they want to release movies in their theaters and get them available to rent or purchase digitally very quickly. And AMC was basically done dealing with them. The real push kind of came around the time of Trolls coming out and some things that were said about that experience and alluding to or implying that Universal would continue doing such things even after the COVID-19 pandemic was over and theaters were back to normal operating procedures. Well, here we are, end of July, and things have changed. AMC Theaters and Universal are now buddy-buddy again. They have a brand new agreement that will allow Universal Studios to release their films to VOD 17 days after they premiere in theaters. And both companies seem very happy about this. Even AMC, uh, their CEO, Adam Aaron, said, AMC enthusiastically embraces this new industry model, both because we are participating in the entirety of the economics of the new structure and because premium video on demand creates the added potential for increased movie studio profitability, which should in turn lead to green lighting of more theatrical movies. And also we're about to go bankrupt. So we'll do anything <laughs> that makes us money. Yep. 
Um, so I'm not the only one that read between those lines. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on that? No. It's fine. At this point, like anything related to AMC, unless it's like them shutting down places, it's whatever. They keep going back and forth. I don't know. We never know when they're going to open again. And, or I guess they are open. I don't know. I know some movie theaters are open, but it is what it is. Ray, anything to add? No, I I don't have much to add, to be completely honest. Uh, this past weekend was, oh, what was it? Oh, oh it was kind of SDC. That's kind of, kind of. Comic-Con at home. Yeah. So the first year they do this and they completely just suck it up. Did you guys watch any of the panels? I've seen excerpts from some of the panels. Rachel? No, I did not watch any of the panels. There were only two that I was interested in anyway. And they, like, uh, no, no. We watched the What We Do in the Shadows panel, and one of the actors kept disconnecting and reconnecting the whole time. And it was just like this. Apparently, Zoom is just terrible. I don't know. But, um, you know, it just wasn't working out um cbs their star trek panel was taken down by themselves because of youtube's copyright laws that cbs has in place for their that content sounds about right Thanks, so, Paramount. they were right in the middle of the star trek universe panel and everyone lost the connection because of copyright um which i found pretty funny you know i yeah. mean don't get me wrong look if you like interviews and behind the scenes stories and stuff like that then i'm sure these panels are really interesting to lots of people of those fandoms uh, but you know, we're used to SDCC being a place of premieres of announcements of first time showings of things, you know, hall H is infamous. And for the first time ever, we all could have been part of the hall H experience from our own homes. They had that opportunity and there was nothing. I will say as somebody that does like the back behind the scenes and like interviews and stuff like that, that the way panels are done normally at SDCC are more interesting to me because you get, uh, you got all the actors in one room, so you get that energy, right? But then also they do a lot of fan questions and things like that. They bring fans up. It felt like a podcast, like, which is fine if, if I wanted to listen to podcasts, but, um, you know, it didn't seem like anything special. They were all questions that had been answered before for the most part, and, you know, it wasn't anything really new. There's a little bit of news that came out, but not much, nothing really, you know, that would be worth working, watching a half hour panel for. And that's kind of what I gathered. Cause like the first one that I was really interested in was, was the Star Trek one, but it was during my normal work day. So I was reading about stuff as it was coming out and, you know, there wasn't really anything like super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we got some good stuff that the second Bill and Ted face the music trailer dropped, which is a much better trailer than the first one, uh, much more promising for what that's worth sure you know um anything else from comic-con at home that you guys want to talk about i mean it really wasn't super exciting but joss whedon's panel was canceled uh yeah but he did show up on nathan fillion's panel he did yes yeah which uh nathan and alan tudyk uh stand by him a hundred percent they they do it's disappointing if the stuff about justice league is true that they would stand by somebody that treats people that way but well the problem is it's not just the stuff about justice league like people on 
Buffy on uh, Firefly. They've been complaining about Joss for a while, how he's just not like that nice of a guy. And he puts women in uncomfortable situations that they don't want to be in. And uh, so if any of their castmates ever said that, then they're basically choosing, you know, career over uh, the right thing. Yeah. 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 It's pretty rough. And they, I have heard that now I've heard that like, but I hadn't, hadn't really heard that stuff before the justice league stuff started coming right. to light. But after I started hearing more and more of it. So, you know, I don't know if it was out there and I just hadn't heard about, I mean, I was never a Joss fan really. So yeah, possible. I would have just never heard it, but I don't know. I'm glad it's coming out. If it's true. I'll be curious well, to see what the lawsuits and stuff that uh, Ray Fisher was talking about actually produce. People adore Joss Whedon so much, and like especially Buffy and Firefly, they have the biggest and strongest fans. And like, it, I I am no exception. I was one of them. I still like the shows, but I like growing up and on his stuff, I would hear certain things from like one actor they're like no I did not have that great of a time and like oh well it's just one person like you know maybe they just didn't get along and and then that one person kept adding up and more people would come forward and it's just to the point where in my opinion it can't be ignored like one case is a he said she said or he he or whatever and you have to listen to both sides but eventually when you have like seven or eight people saying hey i was treated poorly i was put into uncomfortable situations i hated it uh you have to start listening to those people yep i'm with you there um anything else in the news before we take our break i just happened yesterday uh Sources close to DC have uh, said that their front runner, the one they're trying to get for Zatanna, is uh, Amelia Clark. Umberto Gonzalez already shot that down on Twitter. Did he? He said they don't have a director or a writer yet, so they, why would they be casting their actor? That totally makes sense. I'd be fine with Amelia Clark. I think she'd oh, be I great. Think she's great, yeah, but yeah. it's apparently just a fake rumor, fake news. Fair enough. Don't get me wrong, it probably is, but actors have been cast that early in a process before. I mean, so I don't know. He, he's like, pretty she's good not, with his scoops, but there's nothing that says that she's cast. It just says that that's who they're looking at. So, I mean, but they could say that about any actress. Exactly. Like, yeah. But that would be cool. I'd be I'll totally on board. Yeah, I like her, so I'm good with that. I think she's more fit for TV than movies anyway. I think she just acts better when she knows she's got long range. Fair enough. All right. Well, then we are going to take our short break. And when we come back, we will be celebrating 25 years of Batman forever. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and welcome back. We are here to discuss Batman Forever on its 25th anniversary which technically was back in the middle of june but this is when we were able to get to it so here you are uh batman forever pg-13 came out of course in 1995 with a production budget of 100 million dollars which is pretty big for that time frame however it did bring in 336.5 million dollars making it a clear success um that doesn't even include toy sales that i'm sure were uh quite significant as well the film was directed by joel schumacher who took over for um tim burton who still produced on the project it's supposed to be a continuation of the first two batman films batman 1989 and batman returns even though it may not be super clear that that is the case uh val kilmer plays batman tommy lee jones as harvey dent two-face jim carrey as the riddler chris o'donnell as dick grayson uh some fun people who happen to show up in here drew barrymore has a small role as sugar and uh john favreau has a non-speaking part uh who i'd never noticed was in it before until i was watching it last night and i, I caught him in, in the one scene that he is in um where would you guys like to start on this one i assume that this was not your first viewing no no but it's been a while Mm-hmm. quite a while how long would you say it's been i mean probably other than like looking at screenshots and stuff for potential batman projects in the past actually sitting down and watching the movie probably not long after it came out i mean i can't imagine i've seen it past the year 2000 wow yeah ray what about you i don't think i've seen it after 2000 as well i do remember that this was the first movie my grandma ever took me to and she thought it was going to be just like the 1960s batman and sitting there she kept saying to me over and over again i shouldn't be doing this i shouldn't be doing this we should leave we should leave and uh because it was more violent than what she expected and there were some sexual innuendos here and there so she was just a little uh funny about it and i adore her and miss her because i would take her to all kinds of crazy movies where she would say that to me now if i could (laughs) i mean to be fair some of the shots of batman like getting in his suit and everything are uh certainly they're what gratuitous gratuitous yeah that's the word for it yeah yeah they're a little intense um, both of their cod pieces are pretty gratuitous too <laughs> hey 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 and you hey. know somebody had to sculpt those right like that's how they did these back then like whoa, whoa, whoa. sculpting with clay nobody so, had to they got to okay <laughs> i mean somebody was really like up in there 
Mm-hmm. Like, is is this good, Mr. Schumacher? Bigger. Bigger. Yeah. More bulgy. <laughs> I want to see the head. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, uh, so how do you guys feel about the suits in this movie? We get two different Batman suits, and then we get, well, I guess we get two different Robin suits as well. Uh, Jim Carrey's Riddler has, I think, four different costumes. He does, and Two-Face has three. What do you guys think? So the costumes were never a problem for me because I I feel they go off the rails in the next movie, not really in this one. Uh, I I love the evolution of the Riddler stuff as he gets more money and gets more powerful and uh, Enigma tech grows. His suits get more and more fabulous. And that's not exactly what the riddler is in the comics or in gotham or any other depiction but it definitely suits jim carrey's especially since he's trying to emulate and take over bruce wayne as much as possible really i think that one only applies between like the white suit at the end and the uh, green suits because the first suit we see him in as the riddler is like the green spandex but Mm -hmm. with like a suit and a hat right Mm -hmm. but then his suit gets less after that because he's just wearing the same green spandex but with no suit and no hat oh no it's not just that like he gets more and more rhinestones as he goes on the the costume that he's wearing when he kidnaps chase meridian uh he's wearing a really cool uh, jacket and it's completely yeah i missed that completely covered in green and black rhinestones i guess i just remember him in the bat cave mm-hmm. like, with just the spandex right i mean when he goes to when he goes to bruce's house he was ju- i thought he was just wearing the spandex and that one he is his cane has been upgraded okay. from the first one yeah, that's my favorite got a little bit better but i like his cane there not the one at the end I'll say in terms of like the 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 Joker suit or the Joker the Riddler was it was fine it probably wasn't like I, I mean I wouldn't have made that the choices that they made especially oh, no. with the ending suit but um, it was fine right I mean if 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 it made Jim Carrey feel better I read that he had a lot of input in the suit and so if it made him feel better about the character then go for it it didn't bother me so much that I had a huge problem with it the bat suit and the robin suit i've always said i thought were really cool um sans nipples right i mean you you take the nipples off and i think that those are really really cool suits robin's mask is a little much it's huge i don't even know how many pounds of glue they had to use to stick that to his face but um and for the first time in last night's viewing you can actually see he has the robin emblem on the yeah. mask i never noticed yeah. that before oh really yeah, yeah well when you get it in 4k and even like <laughs> 1080 you know p you start to pick up on all the details like that but um yeah i mean i've always liked the the bat suits in this movie and even even uh the next one i mean it was sans nipples those are cool looking bat suits absolutely um, tommy lee jones suit was fine i don't really like his character design mm-hmm. at all it's just like I, I hate how he has like a perfect split down the middle of his face and they try and justify that with like showing him holding a file folder over his face but then it like moves all over the place but apparently the acid didn't move it literally only hit you know i don't know it was i didn't i i always hated that even as a kid i thought that was stupid as hell but um and then you know having the perfect split down the middle for the for all his clothing and then constantly alluding to it by like only showing half of his face 
whatever. They were trying to be more artsy and meaningful than they needed to be with Two-Face. It also just didn't look good, the makeup, I didn't think. So uh, there's some fun stuff about this movie that's just better in hindsight than it is, uh, you know, back on the set. Uh, Joel Schumacher was brought in after, of course, Tim Burton uh, decided to drop. Tim Burton decided to drop because they wanted a lighter tone. They wanted to make toys and he was not uh, having that. He wanted to bring back um, Billy D. Williams and have him be uh two-face two-face yeah yeah well actually Mm -hmm. in tim burton's original version there was no two-face it was only riddler right so it was just gonna be harvey but that was a schumacher edition that was a that was a whedon version of uh the movie (laughs) yeah uh because i think the plan was for him to become two-face in number four Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Tim Burton's Uh, name was still all over it, though, which I was actually surprised about watching it now. I'm sure that was on the posters. It was like, from the man that brought you Batman and Batman Returns, directed by Joel Schumacher, like at the very bottom. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But Joel Schumacher also wanted to do a darker film. He was really disappointed when he uh, couldn't do what he wanted. He wanted to make things a bit grittier. He did not initially like the... Uh, black light tone they put to everything he said it felt silly there was a lot and, of neon in there mm-hmm. i'm sure he hated the next one then because it's even more intense than that one well he so, probably embraced it by that point you think joel schumacher uh absolutely couldn't stand the fact that tommy lee jones and jim carrey hated each other and tried very hard to get them to like each other, just cooperate, and they wouldn't do it. Um, however, Jim Carrey and Val Kilmer actually became lifelong friends because they were both reminiscing about their dads. Both had just passed away uh, relatively recently, and both were going through a divorce while shooting. So they kind of commiserated together and uh, developed a, a really good friendship. That's nice. I didn't know that That's part. Nice. Yeah. Um, so speak. So let's talk a bit about about the actors. Then, do you think the actors are good fits for their roles? Is is Val Kilmer a good Batman? A good Bruce Wayne? So forth. What do you guys think? Val thought, Kilmer was fine. I mean, yeah. it, I I don't have. I've never really hated Val Kilmer's version of Batman the way other people have. I mean, I know you guys don't hate him either, but. Um, I, he wasn't just wasn't really given juicy material to work with, right? It was, I mean, the character was like super comic booky and cheesy at, in one point, and then he's expected to like be lamenting the death of his parents, you know, in a really dark way in the next scene. And I don't know. I, I don't think anything that that when people talk about best Batman's or worst Batman's, I don't, he, I don't think his acting was any part of the problem, and so it's really tough to give him. And even really, honestly, George Clooney, a fair shake because of what they had to work with. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's totally fair. I felt like the the parent story arc in this movie is just totally out of place and doesn't seem to ever really connect or resolve well. But if you um, take that out, he has literally nothing. Nothing. Yeah, he has nothing. So to do. they had to do something or else it's like, why are we bringing in a big name actor to do this? 
Oh, you're totally right. The, the problem just comes in where it's been so long that he's been Batman, let alone so long since his parents died that like now taking like he's having like panic attacks all of a sudden and there's never really an explanation for what's bringing those on. You know, there's like these allusions to it being some bigger type of situation happening, but that's never addressed. What do you think about Val Kilmer as Batman, Rachel? I think uh, as Batman, I think he's the like most lackluster. He played everything very calmly and, um, you know, he, he never has any change in his voice. There's no inflection. There's no passion about anything. So for me, he's a very boring Batman. He makes for a decent Bruce Wayne. He's got the suave thing uh down he really does and he makes very ethical decisions as bruce wayne his confrontations with enigma uh, are are extremely commendable because not everybody not even all the bruce waynes would have walked away from stuff like that so i, I he's one of my favorite bruce waynes but one of my least favorite batman he was when when Nigma came up with that proposal, and I'm watching this as an adult. I'm like, and, and Nigma's like, no, 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 no. I need you to decide right now. I'm like, say no, Bruce. Obviously, like <laughs> anybody that pressures you to make a decision right now without any kind of talk, yeah. And of course, Bruce Wayne being a great businessman. So yeah, I respect that. And there are some other Batman's that we've seen on screen that would have just taken that and done something with it. But yeah, I agree totally. Uh, as far as Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey are concerned like honestly i would have never cast them in these roles i think both of them are fine actors and they did what they could for this but the fact that you know robin williams was going to play the joker before jack nicholson got interested and basically took the role from him and then uh he was asked to play the riddler and then the studio was like no we're gonna go with Jim Carrey instead because Ace Ventura was such a big hit like I I just feel like that would have been so cool to see Robin Williams in the role instead yeah it's... Tommy Lee Jones for me was like they could have put Joker makeup on him and it would have fit the character like for 60 or 70 percent of his screen time because bit, he yeah. wasn't playing it like a two-face at all he was like joking around and like you know it was all jokey jokey and it's it's fine if you want that type of character, but Two-Face is not that kind of a character. Ever. That's not what he's supposed to be. Um, Riddler, I think Jim Carrey could be a good Riddler, but not in this movie. Right. I mean, I think he could be a good, really dark Riddler if you gave him the chance. Like when you watch uh, Kick-Ass 2 and he's, you know, Colonel Stars and Stripes, you know, that's a darker character. And, and it's not all goofy Ace Ventura, but he killed it as that character. And I think yeah. that he could do something like that in a darker Riddler version. But yeah, I just think that this was a poor casting and poor decision making thing with, with uh, Riddler in this movie. I, th I think they just, they both ham it up way, way too much. And yeah. with Jim Carrey, I, I understand the why, because like, that's what he was known for at the time. Right now we've seen him do some incredible dramatic performances and grittier stuff. And we know how good of an actor he really is. But back then he was Ace Ventura. That's what people knew him as, right? Dumb and that's and what they literally that. hired him for. They right. were like, hey, 
do Ace Ventura, but in spandex. Exactly. Now with Tommy Lee Jones, you can see his dick in a lot of that. Too. <laughs> oh yeah, you can. That dude did not wear a dance belt. No, I know. Um, my my concern, my, my issues with Tommy Lee Jones are, are are more confused than anything else because he is a serious actor. Almost everything he's ever done is a serious, stoic or dry straight man role. That's what he does, and I think. And unlike Carrie, this wasn't his like fourth or fifth film. This was right, exactly you know number twenty five or something. Well, when you look at like Men in Black, and you have Will Smith, who's the more animated, jovial guy, and then Tommy Lee Jones plays the straight man. I think that's a good dynamic, and I think that would have improved the movie having him be a more straight man version of Two-Face. Yeah, I think a lot of the problem with this movie comes from the fact that those two and almost everybody else in the film is hamming it up big time. But then Val Kilmer, great actor. We all can agree on that. Not hamming it up at all, right? Uh, Even George Clooney, when he was Batman, hammed hammed it up and it fit the tone of the movie because everybody was hamming it up. Everybody. He embraced it. But I I don't think Val Kilmer knew that this movie was going to be the as cheesy as it was. So he was trying to act more Michael Keaton back right. in. Yes. And the other two were, were like already on board with this crazy slapstick thing they had going on. Well, it's that differentiation of, well, this is a continuation. So it's the same Batman. And he's really the only person you know, save a couple of the side characters, of course, that is playing a continuing character in this film. And so, yeah, I think he legitimately looked at the first two and tried to do his version of that Batman and without straight up trying to impersonate Michael, Michael Keaton. Sure. Um, whereas, you know, Chris O'Donnell's brand new to this. Nicole Kidman's brand new and both both of our villains are brand new. And so they they took it for for face value. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Watching it as an adult, it makes it a lot more plain to see that that's what's going on. Um which it's sad. Again, it feels like Val was not given a fair shake on this one. And he's always going to, you know, have that to look back on that. He, he was doing a different movie than everybody else was. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the best way to look at it. Honestly. Um, Could Robin and chase be any more one dimensional? Oh God. Chase. Like I'm pretty sure the stage direction for chase was all right. Listen, Nicole, Anytime Batman is on screen, I want you to act like you've never seen a man before and that it's the hottest thing you've ever seen. Your only cue is just be horny. You are just going to horn it up, like throw yourself at him. You want to fuck Batman and there's nothing else (laughs) on your mind other than that bat dick. Now go to it. That's your face direction. You're a doctor but forget about that crap. You just want some bat dick and that's it. Yep. It was unbelievable. Like watching it as a result, I'm like, holy shit. Why did she take this role? My favorite parts. I was like actually laughing, almost tearing up because of how silly it was that she would talk to him. And then in like, she would ask him questions. He would be in mid sentence and she'd be like, what are you trying to say, Bruce? And then like, she'd kiss him. Like, <laughs> that- <laughs> Like, let the damn man speak. They have to stretch the time. (laughs) At least when he was Bruce, she wasn't, like, throwing herself and, like, revealing her breasts to him constantly. That that actually happened, right? I know. When I was watching this, I was like, I don't remember this. What? Oh, my God. Batman must get this all the time. He's like, it's the car. Chicks dig the car. We get it, Bruce. You get boobs thrown at you all the time. (laughs) To, To answer your question, though, like, why did she take the role? I think it's, again... 
probably because she thought it was supposed to be like the first two. And when she signed, she signed the contract on. before she read the script, it was no, like, oh, she, shit. she was actually hired to play Poison Ivy, and then uh, he Schumacher backed out of it because he thought three villains were too much, which is probably true because two was almost too much. Don't worry, he gets three in the next one. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as Chris O'Donnell, I remember when I was a kid, I was like man this laundry scene is cool that's how i'm always gonna do laundry and then like <laughs> i'm watching as an adult going what he's gonna have to mop that floor why is he wringing it out on the floor what and then he does is he, he does mop like, it. karate chopping clothes I'm, why <laughs> I, is he doing this what is he supposed to demonstrate i, don't I understand. turned to derek and i was like have you ever been a 35 year old pretending to be an 18 year old okay he was only trying, 25 but i was trying the to same impress thing. an 85 year old <laughs> i was thinking the same thing because i was i was watching this and like i had to google how old was chris o'donnell in this movie because i was like because when they bring him over and the, the uh guy i don't know if it was commissioner gordon or whoever that was that brought chris o'donnell's character over i was like thanks bruce you know his parents are dead and he just doesn't have any direction I'm like is is this supposed to be a teenager? <laughs> like, does he not have, like, he, he's 20 something years old at least. Like, he doesn't have, what? I'm supposed to buy that this is a high school kid that needs, like, a dad to adopt him? Because there's no way that's the truth. Yeah. So that comment that I made was actually what prompted us to look up his age because we both, like, well, because I knew he wasn't, thing. I knew he wasn't the 35 that you were exaggerating, but I didn't know how old he was. And he definitely looked like late 20s, though. There oh, he's no he that. is nowhere near the seventeen or sixteen no. that would require him to be that. It's it's silly. It that and doesn't it makes work it even at all. Creepier. How old was uh, the other chick in uh, the next movie? That Alicia, he was, like crushing on. Yeah, oh, Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone was actually nineteen at that time. Okay, Chris O'Donnell was. I mean, like 27, legal, 28. So he was probably like twenty-seven. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it doesn't work. I, I guess maybe it makes sense that he tried to age him up a bit because the whole idea of Batman having like a 12 year old boy sidekick is just doesn't play well in reality. But I think he still could have cast someone who was like 18 or 19 and made it seem more realistic. Weren't they supposed to originally cast Damon Wayans or one of the Wayans? Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans. Well, he was sure he wouldn't have been doing that shit. He was cast and and actually had to be given some type of credit for it but they know he was never used yeah i'm pretty sure we wouldn't have seen him doing like kung fu laundry and like it wasn't that impressive (laughs) it wasn't that right you're you're nunchucking a t-shirt right what's what's the downside of that you hit yourself in the head with a wet t-shirt congratulations you're so impressive i mean come on uh now on the flip side his costume weighed 41 pounds so good for him. <laughs> yeah. You could tell those costumes were heavy too, because when I was watching the choreography for a lot of it, and actually almost every fight he was in, because it was always a stunt guy. And it was when you're looking for it, you could always see it. Because they did the whole glow mm-hmm. scene when they were like the it was like all the skeleton guys that were like all neon y and it yes. was in the alley. Oh man, the whole time he was in the dark. Because any any bit of choreography that Chris O'Donnell actually did was not very good. No. Nope. And you could tell. The only good choreography was from the stunt people, but even the stunt people in those suits like could not do anything. Well, his stunt person was actually an Olympic gymnast. It so probably he had to be. Was not a swimmer and was not a martial artist. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I believe the martial artist part, but man, I mean, I can't imagine, you'd have to be a professional athlete of some kind to be able to move in yes. something like that. I mean, it's intense. Reminds mm -hmm. me of like the Ninja Turtle suits, but I bet even those were lighter than the 40 pounds that these were. Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, especially like, I mean, the Batman suits got away a ton, right? Like if the Robin suits 41 pounds, what's the Batman suit? 60? And they yeah, both had to swim in it. You think? The Batman suit covers more of him. And he's a bigger and he's a bigger guy. I don't know what you what what is the cover that well because he's got he's got the whole neck piece and the cowl yeah and he's, but I mean a cowl you've you've held a cowl that's not that heavy no no but he's also like a lot taller than Chris O'Donnell no well, that's that's probably true he was he was taller than Chris O'Donnell so I think it's just it's a much bigger suit is, is yeah. all I meant by that I think I think Chris uh, Chris O'Donnell's was thick I mean, I've seen some pictures of the screen use suit. And I haven't really looked at the thickness of the Batman suit, but the Robin suit is very thick. Like the, yeah. it's like solid rubber, whereas the Batman ones over like a, a some sort of foam mm. core rubber, coated rubber. So, so that that might help. Yeah, it probably did. It was they probably had to because a sixty pound suit has anybody gonna do anything in that? A forty pound suit is hard enough. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's fair. I will say so. You know, talking about the visuals for a second, uh, the Batmobile. I actually like this Batmobile. Um, I think it Except looks the bat symbols on the wheels. That no, I don't need that. Yeah, much. I don't need that. But the whole design of it, I think, is cool. The you know the the bat wing kind of tail that comes off the back, and I, I think it looks really good. And it's kind of a shame that the one in the next film is just so ridiculous and over the top. Because um, I think this was a nice sweet spot between the comic books and reality. I think it worked. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like I said, other than the wheels, mm -hmm. so it was a good design. But, okay, you know. I, I do have a question for you guys. Logistically, like in the context of the movie, was were the green beams that are always shown from Nigma's technology, were those a representation of the beams for the viewer, or were those actual beams you could see in the movie? Because like things happen involving the beams. Do they? So I feel like yeah, like in the in the last like confrontation there's the green beam that's like circling that all the other beams are going towards and lightning is coming out of it yep i said <clears throat> so, the exact same thing to derek i was like doesn't anybody see that shit yes no, no nobody anybody sees think this is i don't think anybody can see the beams now like static lightning and things like that that's one thing but i don't think anybody so can is just see coming out beams. of nowhere it's not coming out of nowhere. Those beams exist, right? That's the whole point of why they're being shown. Visually, but, they're just coming out of nowhere? Yes. That seems ridiculous. I don't think anybody can see them. Because, I mean, think about that logistically for a moment. If if you sat down in, in front of your TV and turned on that box and the, this beam is shooting out, everyone's going to see that. No one's going to buy no, that. No, because, the, because the, when, when you're in your house doing this, it's you're like you're seeing the thing the, like, the person who it's touching right but you're telling me ignoring. that nobody else can see that that's my problem because like you all the viewers see this there's got to be a better way to represent that because yeah. it's so confusing as to whether everybody's I think was, just an idiot in gotham well i mean i, I think that's on. clear i think that's definitely Obviously, clear that yeah. everybody's an idiot in gotham but um but on top of that i don't think you're supposed to be able to actually see them I really don't. Okay, well then why are they making design elements come out of the beams? Like that's right. like that, that's my problem. It's because it's a kids I, I was movie, with you. right? Like it's that's the thing. Like it was from a marketing perspective, from an executive perspective, it's a kids movie. Right? I had so many toys from this freaking movie. 
You know, like I was telling Ray last night, I had a Batmobile that was a three in one. You could take the wheels off and put wings on to make it the Batwing. And then there was a slip that went on the front that turned it into the boat. Like I had a bunch of different action figures for it. You could swap out, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne could become Batman and like all this other craziness. Like it was a kid's movie. And what mm-hmm. did kids like? They like bright, flashing, cool color lights and, you know, big visuals and all that kind of thing. I mean, that's really at the end of the day what the aesthetics were. Okay. You know, I, now, I mean, I don't know. It was just confusing as an adult viewer. Like yeah. as a kid, I didn't really think about it. But as an adult, I'm like, okay, so I can see this, you know, yeah. there's lightning coming out of it. Another logistics question. Let's say you're Edward Nigma, the smartest guy in the world has soaked up the brain power of the entire city of Gotham. And you're going to build one thing to hold all this stored energy. And if it explodes then you go crazy. What are you going to build that thing out of? Glass, Glass? obviously. Yeah. Yeah. What, what the fuck, man? I mean, I know we said that all of Gotham is a bunch of idiots. Well, and so like all that combined brain power, come on. I mean, maybe <laughs> I it see, wasn't that much. I see two big problems. One, the design of the box, or is it Vox? I can never understand. Whatever. It's just box. No, it's box. It's, it's the okay. box. The box. The design of the box it's just a blender and it always looks stupid. Yeah, and I, I, I never like that Two, Um, does he get smarter? Like we're supposed to believe that he gets smarter, but does he ever, ever accomplish or do or say anything later on in the film that he wasn't capable of doing as an already brilliant scientist? Well, his riddles got more and more complex. Like if you look at the first one, it was like a bunch of magazine cutouts and then it went to like moving things and it, like they they got more and more complex and his suit got much that, more complicated is that just he because he had soaked money? up all the tailoring yes yeah, i think it's just because he had money he paid people now he had people yeah, to make true. his suits right and maybe maybe whatever he just became a professional cosplayer <laughs> also like so what was his real hair in this movie all no idea because you see him at first with like red like you know bowl cut style and then then you see him like with the Riddler like flat top. Then you see him like as Jim Carrey with normal Jim Carrey hair. And then you see him like with the the twin Wolverine things. The, the pink yep. hair. Yeah. yeah, like Rachel has in her background there. You know, like I don't know what his real hair was in this movie. Or what I, I, the character's I, hair was what actually was. I mean, it's all of them. He just changes it all the time. But I don't want to skip over something. We're talking. You were talking about the you know making the the brain thing out of glass yeah. and everything. Well, they showed Two Face, um, you know, getting that stuff on a regular basis. That's true, and he didn't get any smarter. And not only did he not get any smarter, but when the thing explodes, he's also not like hampered by it at all. So maybe it wasn't supposed to make him smarter, but but if it wasn't supposed to make him smarter, then why did he go crazy when it exploded? The only thing I could think of is that where he was conveniently or, or whatever the opposite inconveniently uh, hits him in such a way that messes up his brain. So is it just like a drug or something or like it just makes them jizz in their pants or something? Like what, what's the end result of, cause they're all like, they're like taking turns and how great it is. Like, well, it's supposed I think to they yeah. obviously get a high off of it. Right. For mm-hmm. sure. So drugs in a kid's movie, real nice. Warner brothers, real nice. I mean, that's what it's rated PG-13 for. Drug references are definitely in there. Is it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. I guess I just assumed as a kid, and that carried over as an adult, that it was making him smarter. But it makes a lot more sense that it didn't, except for that ending where he, like, goes crazy. And 
I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot else to touch on at this particular point. Uh, Two-Face straight up dies. Yep. Oh, okay, so a lot of people die, right? People, <laughs> yeah. like Batman doesn't kill, but like he side moves out of the way for a rocket from Two Face to blow, literally explode a car of of his henchmen. And then there's another scene where the Batmobile climbs up a wall, and all these cars full of henchmen just plow into the wall. Huge fire explosion underneath the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. They're definitely all dead. I mean, well, I mean. If, there's also the scuba divers that he attaches to the yes. buoy. Now I find it unlikely that all of them were able to swim above water in what appeared to be rough, rough terrain um, to, to breathe under a net. Yeah. That's why I hate it when people are like, Oh, Batman doesn't kill. Have you seen any Batman movie ever? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure he kills in every single one. All killed. Yeah. Every single one of them. This one was straight up. Like people were just exploding all around him. Mm-hmm. See, but just like the way movies get raided by the MPAA, it's how they die. Right. He didn't right. shoot them. They blew up because they ran into a wall chasing him. And there's no yeah. blood. There's no body parts. There's no injuries that are seen. Right. It's just, it's harmless explosions of set. Props. I mean, didn't Two-Face like fall onto a thing of like sharp metal or metal? We don't get to see that though. All we see is his hand kind of sink into the water. With a coin conveniently falling into it. Right, exactly. Conveniently. I will say of all of all the moments in the movie when he flips the coin at the end and Bruce just throws up a bunch of coins, oh I still God. love that. I still do. I think that's great. <laughs> I think it's stupid as fuck because I mean Two Face is not supposed to be an idiot. But he has been an idiot. But he's been an idiot the entire movie. I know. So I by that, that point, you're two hours in. I mean, so he's at least consistent with that version that's of the character. That's true. It's just right. it makes him so like even dumber. Yeah. Than you thought he was. Like, oh, somebody threw some coins. I'm just gonna go like this and fall off an edge and die. Look, there's there's a lot in the movie that that is that is pretty dumb, right? I mean, even in the beginning, right, when they steal the vault, the bank vault, okay? Oh my god. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. When, that yeah. When he returns the vault it, precisely to, to where it went without like, killing the security guard. Come on, that's dumb. That like the, the helicopter has been flying around. We've watched yeah. it. You've shown us it, of the helicopter moving, and somehow it goes back to the exact same spot. Well, that's, also Batman you know. is just kind of an idiot. A lot of the movie, right? Other than the riddles, which take him forever to figure out. Like he, when he, the one part that's always stood out to me as him being a dumbass is him like jumping off of one building into the other, and then into like the hamster tube. Oh, right. He's sliding down and then getting a bunch of fire blown at him and getting dumped, sand dumped on him. So and then Robin the has to save him. Batman. Yeah. 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 And Robin's strong enough to, as a 16 year old, to pull a grown man wearing a 60 pound bat suit out of a giant pile of sand. Well, keep in mind, the movie starts with Batman making a very poor decision. When he comes across a security guard tied up in the vault, he just goes inside the vault. He doesn't look around for for anybody or check anything. He just walks inside of the bank vault. Did you guys remember he had rocket boots in this movie? When I saw that, I was like, holy shit, I did not remember that. Yeah, yeah. You know, guess... The physics do not work at all. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm trying to figure out how this works, but they must have just been like science, bitch, and and... and... Well, because that's also the sonar suit, and he kind of uses that ability, but we don't really get to see it do anything. He just gets yeah, to Yeah, the eye things come down, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah, we don't really know what that means. Yeah. 
Because as viewers, we can still see everything without those. Right, without sonar. I don't know what we were supposed to think is happening there. Um, it's pretty rough, you know. There's, there's, like I said, it was there's worse a... than I remember. It was like, here's my problem: a silly movie like this can be a lot of fun, but this shit was boring. <laughs> It was long too. It seemed like maybe it was yeah. just because it was so boring. I don't know how long it was, but man, I was like, "What is this shit? Like two and a half hours? This is yeah. crazy!" And it's only it's only two. It's two two in one minute, I believe. It seemed a lot longer than that. Thirty minutes into it, and we still hadn't met all the main characters on the poster and box, and like, oh, this is. I just I uh, I want it. Would have been a lot better if they had just been like Val. Listen, buddy. This is not what we're doing. And just gotten him on board. Because Val Kilmer's done some fucking crazy, hilarious, cheesy roles before. He can he can do that. He can yeah. hand it up. He's done it in a bunch of movies. Some of well, my yeah. Favorites. I mean, the, the MacGruber one is... Real Genius from the 80s. Um, yeah. Uh, that was a great one. Uh, uh, kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Stop. What's the other the one uh, God I can't remember the name of it I don't know it's it, one where he plays like a pop star and it's a comedy Gosh I can't remember Top Secret That's what it is He was great in that too. Like he can be cheesy and hammy You just have to let him know And I think that would have set the tone a lot better Right Because you're you're confused the whole time Trying to figure out Is this a comic book like cheesy movie Or is this a serious movie And it doesn't it, know it tough. Yeah, yeah. It, it never really knows um, Which is which is pretty frustrating I mean, and, and now you have people who are calling for the Schumacher cut, which is supposed to be two hours and 40 minutes. I don't know if I could get through that, man. I mean, I, I just, I, for, first off, I don't know. I don't know how you do a Schumacher cut because he sadly passed away earlier this year. So I don't know, unless that version of the film is already done laying in a warehouse somewhere and they just have to release it. I don't know how you can do a director's cut without the director. Yeah. Right. Um, just and does anybody really want that? Like, or are they just doing it because now the Snyder cuts coming out and they need something else? No, that's that's what it is. You have people who you know. Are, I, I'm of the opinion that this kind of started as a joke, you know, and then you know people get on board of it because they're pissed off about the Snyder cut or whatever nonsense. And if if Joel was still alive and there was some interview with him being very passionate about his, you know this cut of the film and all of these ideas that he had and how close it was or wasn't to being finished and all of that, then you know that's a different conversation, right? That's what we've had with the Snyder cut is we have had Zach and his wife talk constantly about their vision for this film and what they had in mind. The actors have constantly talked about the, this vision and everything. And so we we have ideas of what to expect. I also think that because of Snyder and because of the more recent trend to release extra content put into the film as opposed to just on deleted scenes, a ton of these directors from like the 70s, 80s, and 90s are thinking to themselves, man, I've cut like an hour from my film before. I didn't know this was an option. And you know, they're just getting these ideas. And so um, Joel probably mentioned to someone before he passed, like, hey, I finished a lot more footage for this film. And then that someone's like, well, what if we released it? Yeah, no, I'm sure you're right. And if he was alive to finish it, then I could be much more on board with that. It just doesn't seem I don't I just don't know how you do it without him. 
Unless it's legitimately just done and they just have to I mean, reinsert those exists, shots. Right. Just, what does it cost them to do it, to release it? Nothing, right? I mean, I mean, I would imagine a streaming service. they'd yeah. have to finish the edit because I'm sure if the scenes exist, they're not all together correctly, which might require score work. And then you'd have to up convert it to 4K to release it on the streaming services. So there, there's work involved. Now it's not 30 plus million, right? But there is work involved and... Right, I don't it's literally even... not making you any money sitting in the vault, and it could be making you money. Well, here's the big question, and I don't know the answer to this. Can the studio do that without the Schumacher's estate approving it? Yes, they own everything related to that movie. I mean, any footage that was shot is not owned by Schumacher. It's owned by the studio. They wouldn't be able to call it the Schumacher cut, but they could call it the director's cut. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I assume that when they shoot a movie that the studio owns all of that. The director doesn't own any parts of the movie. No, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I just mean, because it was studio decisions and because Schumacher is dead now, would they owe something to the estate? To the yeah. Unless it was yeah. stipulated in the contract. I mean, which it could have been. I mean, if he gets any residuals from any time it's streamed or sold or anything like that, then yeah, his next of kin or whoever he passed along uh, his finances to would get some sort of residuals as well so yeah money would go to schumacher wouldn't it be straight into his uh dc's pocket or warner brothers and that might be part of it you know i don't know what that contract is so we don't know what that percentage is maybe that percentage changes based on the you know the version of the film who knows but it's a very different situation than the Snyder cut or even the idea of the air cut for suicide squad. You know, those directors are still around. They can still speak for their, their vision. Right. And, and could complete it if it, they were given the opportunity. Yeah. So different situation. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to touch on for this one? We are over our hour mark. Of course we are. <laughs> I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I don't want to watch this again anytime soon. So. <laughs> Me either, man. That was rough. See, it's funny. I I I hadn't seen it. Like, I've seen it more often than you guys have, and so for me, like, it was pretty much what I remembered. But, um, so it's kind of funny to to hear that. Where where would you guys put it in the realm of of live action Batman films? Not not including BVS team up type stuff, but you've got the the four nineties. It's down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I mean, before I would have put it, I would have put it second to the last before. But now that I've rewatched both of them in the past like six months, I mean, I would put it at the bottom. Bottom of those four, or the bottom of all of the Batman movies? I mean, probably the bottom of all of them. I think I'd rather watch The Dark Knight Rises than this one. Okay. I, I know that hurts your feelings, Derek. It does. Yeah, it does. I haven't watched Dark Knight Rises since it came out, so maybe I wouldn't. But like, I definitely would rank Batman and Robin higher than this because it was fun. It was wow. funny. At least everybody and embraced silly. the cheesiness in that. Everybody was the... on the same page. Right. I think that's the <laughs> they big were difference. all making the same movie. That's, that's true. No, that's that's a very good point. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I hate the Dark Knight Rises. I think it's trash. So it's always going to be at the it's bottom. It's not great, and you know nobody's we all... saying it's good here, Derek. Oh, I know. No, I know. I know. You could tell that nobody from the previous movies 
went onto that set wanting to make The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> the only people who were into it were the people who hadn't been in the other two. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm not sure if I can rank this one below Batman and Robin or not. I think I think that's a difficult question for me. I, I keep them pretty Okay, then I want you to go other. back to last year when we reviewed Batman and Robin. And I will promise you... Was that last year? Yeah. We dumped way harder on this one than we did that one. And all three of us talked about all the silly things we laughed at. So I I think you would if you go listen to that podcast again. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Fair enough. I agree too. That's what I was thinking. I thought we were, I thought it was in the last six months that we did it, but I guess maybe the last year. And yeah, I remember us laughing about a lot of the stuff in that movie. Oh. And, uh, you know, it, at least it was like, like I said, embracing the cheese. And we, we appreciated that when we That's talked true. about it. This yeah, one, for sure. if everybody had been on the same page, it could have been on the same, you know, but yeah, we definitely trashed the hell out of this one more than we did Batman and Robin. That's oh, yeah. I do think I like the the sonar suit that he gets at the end more than the other uh the suits in the next film. Like the the ice suit Oh is no, really that cool, ice suit is amazing. It's really cool. I think it would look better in all black, but um I like the sonar suit a lot. Yeah, Just personally. It's a good suit. Um all right, well then I guess that's going to be it for us and the 25th anniversary review of Batman Forever. Uh, next week, we are doing another 25th anniversary review for Judge Dredd. That's what's on the <laughs> schedule. I'm very excited about that because I think it's a ridiculously silly film that has some cool props in it. So I, th- I think there'll be some good things to talk about as much as Ryan is, is mad at me for having this on the schedule. But, um, you know. Maybe we'll do Suburban Commando this in the next few weeks, and that'll make up for it. <laughs> He's much happier about that. Something premise. like super bad and girly. I like. I got. <laughs> I don't have any problem with that. Like, if you're trying is... to punish me, that's not the way to go. Yeah, like we're not picking these because they're supposedly manly or anything. No, like that. no, I know, I know. It's just like these. I've watched a lot of Stallone this year, and <laughs> like that is not on me. No, that it's is not, not on me. You not, have to talk to your husband about that. But I've watched that. a lot of like bad ninja movies this year because of hey, me too. Wait, hey, wait, 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 wait. Hey, you what? watch your mouth. Have we, first of all, have we watched a lot of Stallone? I like we watched Demolition. We're going Man. to like we on November seventeenth. We have an episode called the Rocky Franchise Retrospective. So like I am not. I'm not out uh, of the woods yet. First off. Why doesn't Derek just make a Rocky cast and Rocky is your own Rocky reviews? Rocky is an icon. Okay. David and Goliath story. Uh, watch sure. it. Watch it. That dude is built like a brick shit house. It's not a David and Whoa, Goliath story. It, by, by Rocky four. Have you ever seen the first <laughs> Rocky movie? I've never seen any of them all the way through until Creed. Okay. Okay. Well, in Rocky four, that's the best shape Stallone ever was in, in his entire life. And it's ridiculous. But in the first Rocky film, that's not who he was. Right. But in Rocky four, he was also way smaller still than Dolph Lundgren. Because Dolph is amazing. (laughs) That's the only one I'm going to rewatch for our retrospective. If we're actually doing that, which I didn't know about, but. If Did we're you... actually doing that, I'm only going to rewatch Rocky Four. Really? That's... Have you seen all of them? 
Yes. Well, not the like first of the new ones. You mean Creed? No, I'm talking about, like the one that like that was like a reboot where the son was gonna do or whatever that thing was. I didn't. Was... What? No, no, no. So the Rocky fifth one. Well, that's the fifth one. The fifth one's terrible. Fifth no, one's yeah. sixth one. Sixth no, no, no. The, sixth fifth, one. the fifth one is where they where his his son and him are not getting along, and they bring in Tommy Gunn, and it's awful. But in the sixth one, Rocky Balboa. It's not about his son boxing. It's about Rocky, and it's actually way better than it's than it has any right to be. Okay, I don't um, think I've seen. Uh, I haven't seen five in a long time, but then I also haven't seen six at all. I don't think, and I'd rather yeah. just watch one movie instead of seven. Well, you don't have so. to watch seven, but I do. I do really recommend that you, uh, that people watch Rocky Balboa, which is the sixth film, because I actually think it's good. very good. It's a shame. Have you seen the Creed movies? Yeah, I've okay. seen both of them. Okay. Okay. I like those. Yeah, yeah and I like Rocky Four. I'd rather rewatch a movie that I know I like instead of. <laughs> I'm already having to watch Judge Dredd for you, okay? So <laughs> you should, at the very least, let me have this. Oh, man. Uh, Rachel, you could just be like me and watch uh, the Carl Urban version instead, and then we can just talk about that while Derek talks about the Salome version. <laughs> And watch him slowly, like get more and more confused as to what we're talking yeah. about. I've seen I'm, both movies. I'm only a little annoyed because, like, he's gonna be walking around the house saying "I am the law" for like five days oh, after God. watching. First it. off, you can't say it; you have to shout it. But you know, that's <laughs> fine. <sighs> no. Yes. Anyway, so next week you can join us for the 25th anniversary review of Judge Dredd starring, starring excuse me, Sylvester Stallone uh-huh. and Rob Schneider. We're doing another Rob Schneider movie. This is the third one this year. <laughs> I know we've done more Rob Schneider movies than Stallone movies. I'm Turns just out saying. we're big Rob Schneider fans, apparently. <laughs> Rob Schneider is a curate. <laughs> also right. in chat, I feel like I should bring up they mentioned that it can't be a David and Goliath film because uh, Rocky lost in the first film. So yeah, that's not I, the point. It's okay, mis- well, it's you missing the it David and Goliath yeah, film, so because whatever. that's that's the entire basis of the film is that he it's an underdog story. But then he loses at the end, which is yeah, not he, David but and that's, Goliath story. That is a more realistic. And we'll outcome. talk to everybody next week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can find us on all these different platforms. And Rachel at Siren Ray and Derek at Star Trek Dude and Ryan. Please <laughs> we'll talk to you and judge you next week. Have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You can find us. That was at, pretty good, right? That was, that was it was close. It was really good, dude. It was close. Thank you. Was you left really out. Good. You left out the podcast stuff, though. No, I said you can find us on all these different platforms. <laughs> We're at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. You can find us at heroespodcast.com. And hey, look, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe. Drop us a review. You can review us on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict. Let us know if you do that. We'll read your review on the show. And if you want to support us in any financial way, we've got a Patreon and we've got a coffee. Coffee is great because it's a one and done type situation if you want it to be. So ko-fi.com slash heroespodcast. You can drop us just a couple of bucks or whatever you want to do. Anything would be really great helps us pay for stuff and i would appreciate all of your support so i'm go gonna ahead. put xanadu on the list fantastic xanadu is <laughs> on the list all right thanks for watching everybody i got no problem with that we will catch you next week <laughs>